this is Lyra here. Hi guys, Mazen here and welcome to this week's episode of ReaderPod. Now, this week we actually will be talking about surveillance. So, Mazen. Yeah, Lyra. So, what, what have you been thinking about surveillance lately? Like, I mean, you're the guy who suggested this, but before we get into that, I want to ask, okay, what were you doing over the weekend? I thought you were going to hit Ella, but I know you didn't. From what I saw, you didn't go to Ella. Yeah, well... See, the original plan was to actually go to Ella on Saturday. Now, see, I have this friend, you know, who's really desperate in going to Ella and she hasn't been there. So, I thought, you know, maybe we'll try to go to Ella in, in a day. Uh, then I made some calculations which turned out, you know, you actually can't do anything within a day. So, you know, just thought of, you know, doing that on the day and just, you know, thought of going to downside. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay, so that explains all the Facebook posts and Instagram stories that I saw on, on your feed. There weren't any Facebook posts, but yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was some in the stories, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, I've been getting questions about that. Exactly. See, that's actually getting to my point. I mean, surveillance is pretty much everywhere these days. Well, yeah. I mean, it, and it's like, you don't need to instinctive, instinctively do it. Like, you know, you don't need to put effort into it these days anymore. It's like, it's there. People will just willingly do it. Yeah, it's quite true because, like, especially with companies like big tech giants like Facebook and all the other social media giants, you know, pushing more and more features to users, what ends up happening is actually, in a way, people are getting more tools for surveillance. Exactly. I mean, I mean best instantly. example. Yeah, you're right. The insta whole the whole insta stories thing, insta stories, WhatsApp stories, whatever. But yeah, that in itself. Imagine all the things like all the information you can gather about one person. So yeah. It is. Yeah, I mean, like, see, I stand by the belief that if you want to know a person's in- intimate, intricate history, like everything they hide and who they really are, just hack into the Google account. You'll be able to see what videos they watch when they're free. You'll be able to know exactly where they're going at any given time with their Google Maps location data. You'll know what goes through their mind by looking at what they search on Google and just everything they've ever caught, all their intimate moments in their life. You'll see it in Google Photos. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Yeah, so it's like surveillance, it's like... There's never been a point in human history, I would say, that surveillance has been easier. Like, I'm pretty sure if you take the old communist regimes that had active police, like, surveillance units, they would be like, this is heaven to them. Yeah, quite true. Even from a hacker's perspective, part of the hacking process involves a lot of social engineering. Like, whether it doesn't matter if it's a person or an organization or whatever, there's always social engineering involved. So, that that could mean that particular person or an organization or whatever would actually have to you know, search through the internet or maybe even manual like physical data to actually gather enough information before you know someone actually tries to hack something but today with all this stuff available especially social media the effort is much less it can be as simple as going through somebody's facebook profile public post maybe it's the instagram feed you know checking all the location data to see where where this particular person is been exactly i mean like this is actually not something old i mean i remember a few years back there was actually a burglar who broke into a family's house and robbed everything they had and when they caught him he said that he knew they were not going to be in the house 
by just talking with the daughter's Facebook posts. She had said that, you know, she's going on vacation. So the robber just looked at that date. Like, she just looked at the Facebook post and knew, okay, the family is not going to be there. I can rob them blind now. And he did. Yes, that is scary. See, to me, that's not the scariest thing about, you know, how easy it is to do surveillance. It's like you said, I mean, with social, with all the data that's on social media and everything, it's so easy to, you know, do social engineering attacks and so much more. But what scares me about surveillance today is when the government get in, gets involved. Now, if you take China, you, a lot of the big companies there, like Alibaba, WeChat, then so many more, they've been described by Silicon Valley companies as sharing so much data with the government that it's a Silicon Valley nightmare. They sh- freely share data with the government. So it's like, whether it's WeChat, Weibo, and even Alibaba and everything, all the data is shared openly with the government. And they've been actively using that data to actually monitor citizens. Right. Like, it's frightening, actually, when you think about that level, but it's, it's especially visible when recently I read that apparently the Chinese police force now is issuing certain cops with smart glasses that come with facial recognition data. And this facial recognition has actually been used to catch criminals. We're talking like there was a criminal in a huge crowd. We're talking about over almost a thousand people. Yeah, it is China. Exactly. And then with facial recognition, they just identified that person like within almost instantly from just a few images person of interest coming to life exactly and it's like sure I mean right now we talk about you know maybe it's we can capture criminals today I mean yeah that's good but then you remember China is an autocratic regime and then you have you know dissidents they're cracking down on dissidents or anybody that says criticizes the government or anything and then when you consider this Mm -hmm. technology being used against these people who are just you know critical of the government they're just voicing out their opinion Obviously, at China scale, it becomes very dangerous. But then again, on the other side of the coin, won't you feel that, in a sense, a society would be relatively more safer in, when it comes to surveillance? Because if you remember, uh, I think this is about five years back, uh, there was a bombing in Boston, Yeah. Uh, the Boston Marathon. There were two bombs. Now, the FBI actually released some photos of some CCTV footage of some uh, department store. And within three days, they actually caught the criminals. So, yeah, you see that even, maybe not to that scale, but even in Sri Lanka, you see a bit of that in Colombo. There's much more surveillance monitoring in terms of CCTV and whatnot, which actually helps, you know, the government bodies, especially the police. So, would you think that, you know, society is, yes, there's obviously a limit, but society would be better off with surveillance? Well, done right. Okay, let me throw this question at you then. If you were a bird, yeah. would you prefer to live in a cage or live free in the wild? Well, yeah, I would love to live free in the wild, but it would also put my mind at ease knowing that I'm safe in the wild. Yeah, it would. But the fact Being is, a, the, 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 see, the fact is, the wild is not a safe place, and neither is the true. world. I mean, I agree with your point about you know how surveillance tech can you know help apprehend criminals because yeah. I remember uh, last year. There was actually a kidnapping case in the UK. Now, the UK is a country that has a crazy amount of surveillance, especially in London, where there's street cameras on almost every corner. True. Like, you're talking, like, 
almost every corner you go there there's going to be street camera it's used for mm-hmm. traffic direction as well because in london they actually have a proactive approach to traffic they try to ensure that you know before the traffic jam happens make sure we do something oh, to fix it right, right, right. so that's one of the uses of these cameras but really? these cameras actually helped helped capture these two girls who were the kidnappers of this little kid and within just a few hours we're talking about within a day right so yeah you got a strong case there yeah obviously if we use this technology right then of course we can you know make sure society is safer but the question is how do we ensure this technology doesn't get abused i mean especially let's just take sri lanka now in the uk of course there are mechanisms to challenge all of these acts like all of these surveillance activities can be challenged you can at any point of course ask for data to be given or you know share like essentially know how this data is being used yeah but here in sri lanka we cover this before in bunch of our articles but we do not have any data protection whatsoever here in sri lanka yes so let's say that a policeman of course decides to take a picture of you it might be stored you know like in a file mm-hmm. but there's 10 years down the line there's nothing stopping that same policeman from taking your picture and doing anything he wants with it and yeah i mean if i were to take that example just a bit more elaborated more clearly in estonia there was once a case where a police woman had apparently checked the public files of her ex okay So it's Estonia is anyways a country that's famous to being like digital everything. Yes, I remember yeah. recent reports about exactly. That. And thing is though, it's like there they have a strong transparency system. So it's like if let's just say we are Estonian citizens. Okay. So it's like if you access my files, I will know that you access my files at this particular time. Okay. So similarly, when that police woman accessed her ex's files. Mm-hmm. He knew that she accessed it. She knew he knew that she was the person that accessed those files at this particular time. And right. then she of course lost her job because there was a violation of data privacy there. Okay. All right, okay. I see where you're getting it. Exactly. So now in Sri Lanka, let me ask you this. Do you think there's any f- such mechanisms? Even with the current systems we have today, we do need to think of the legal aspects because all the cyber related laws are absolutely outdated. I mean if you recall like when we were exploring cyber harassment we you remember yes. right the laws just what at they just don't cover her cyber harassment at all yeah of course like because at the end of the day doesn't matter what technology you set up what system you have it all ends up being from a legal perspective whether it's a traffic violation or whether it's a corner robbery on camera there always need to be legal aspects so how oh, okay How do you think, in terms of Sri Lanka, how do you think that, even from a legal standpoint, how do you think we should proceed? See, for starters, of course, we need the right data protection laws, in my opinion. That's right. the first thing. Before you know, you talk about things like you know surveillance equipment. And do even, we have? I mean, do we have people to actually get that? I mean, see, I don't think technology is ever going to be an issue. I mean. This is Sri Lanka. We we know we have strong companies that yes, can pull this off. Yes, we do. Like, But I'm talking about the legal aspect of the legal aspect. No, I do not. I know that there are people who are knowledgeable about this aspect. Right. And I know that they can, of course, if needed. Of course, I'm. I have faith in our lawyers that they can draft a decent 
and really strong data protection policy. Mm-hmm. Now, whether the actual policymakers in Parliament actually, you know, push this through and ensure it's implemented properly, that I do not have faith. Well, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, that becomes a problem in almost any discussion we have. But, uh, I know, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, this is really problematic, man. I mean, <laughs> I don't even vote, but yeah, I, I'm feeling annoyed, as I do. <laughs> okay, let's just uh, keep the politics aside for a second. Yeah. Uh, that in itself is a separate... You know, I know, right? Um, but yeah, alright. Say we actually, you know, some by some miracle we actually got these data protection laws in place. What next? I mean, we already do have somewhat of a surveillance system, albeit it's not really... We do? Uh, okay. Yeah, we actually do. The CCTVs in... In Columbus City. Really? Yeah. yeah. Like, they're not easy. I'm, I'm not exactly sure. I'm not exactly sure about the numbers, but uh, there are CCTVs in place in Columbus. Oh, okay. And apparently, the police actually monitors them 24/7. Ah. Yeah, and there were actually a few cases reported where you know, mostly traffic-related stuff, where you know they've actually been able to resolve this these particular problems just from the footage they get. I mean, I've seen, I've personally seen them. Oh, like, shit. There were quite a few things. Like, Vina, I've never seen this. I, I actually have. Ah. I've seen the uh, Armour Street in particular. Okay. There's, there's this four, uh, the four-way junction there. Well, there were, last I checked, there were you know, cameras in place. Okay. But, yeah, so, there is somewhat of a surveillance system in place, but... Okay. But then again, obviously, it's it's not like what you see in the, the web countries where you know one person's you type in one person's ID, you know what his records yeah, are. Yeah, th- yeah. Thank God that we do not have that. I would not be comfortable with the Sri Lankan police having being able to access my information that easily. Yes, there is that problem. But if we keep that aside for like, let's just take an ideal scenario. Okay. Where you know. In a utopian Sri Lanka. <laughs> yes, exactly. The way I see it, I think a country like Sri Lanka could actually use a thorough system like that. Simply because what I would feel is there would be better, there would see there would be better transparency also if this particular information is available to the public. Whereas what I mean is, let's say we have a just imagine a, we have a connected system where you type your NIC in the police database, you know, the police knows what your record is. So imagine. Your, your personal data is available to you. So then in that case, there's more, would you feel there's more transparency there? And wouldn't that actually help? You know, see, trans- see transparency, of course, I would say, in my opinion, means that when the police enter the NIC into the database mm-hmm. and access my details, right. I would at least get an alert saying, hey, the police are accessing your data. Yes. This policeman exactly. is the one who's doing it. He's mm-hmm. in this station. He's doing it right now. Yes. That to me is of course transparency and Yes, true. Yeah. You exactly. Know, and I would say that system would be great. But coming back, if in in a utop- in that utopian Sri Lanka, that's assuming we can rely on the police force. Yes. That's another thing. I mean, for one thing it's 
legal of course doesn't just stop at you know the laws we draft it also relies on the people who are actually enforcing those laws and recently of course i did have a case where a little drama in my own personal life where there was a question that you know would i have to go to the police and i was very uncomfortable with the idea of doing that right. simply because i do not trust the sri lankan police to be fair i mean look it's a running joke or a meme that when you get caught for a traffic fine it's a question of how much you're paying are you going to be paying 500 bucks or if the dude if it's just a group of police officers then the guy will say oh if my superior is there i also need to pay him so pay give me 5000 now with this is a running joke and it's funny because we we all know it's true and when that's true how can you have trust in the police force really when it comes to a serious matter if you can't entrust them to enforce a simple traffic violation how can you entrust them you know to solve a serious crime like let's say you know you're being you're being hunted by a stalker who wants to murder you and then maybe skin you alive and then maybe skin as a i don't know a christmas party hat watch too many movies man yeah but okay but yeah so my point is like i mean let's say you have a stalker coming after you yeah and if you can't entrust the police force to enforce a simple traffic violation how can you entrust them to be on your side and protect you from a person like that yeah forget that i mean if if seen this first stand with one of the one of the reports we've actually done on the social media you yes. yeah one of the students actually faced a similar problem exactly so it, yes yeah exactly so i mean am i comfortable with the police being able to easily access my information no i'm not purely because i have a hard time trusting true so what you're saying is essentially it's not really a problem of uh, technology and its implementation but the more bigger problem is where the authorities are involved exactly see it's like it's the, the actual transparency is like exactly it's the transparency tested. with the entire range of authorities not just policy makers but also the people executing them so right i mean obviously you know such a system if you look at the pros and cons obviously the pros would outweigh the cons like you have at the moment i would disagree there i would say the cons pretty much outweigh the pros at this point yeah Yes, true. In Sri Lanka's case, obviously yes. Yeah. But I mean, in general, I mean, in general, again, also, I would say it depends on where you implement this and how you do mm-hmm. it. So it's like, yeah, of course, let's say in a utopian world, then yeah, I mean, such a system would be nice. It would actually be beneficial. I mean, to ensure you know laws are actually enforced properly. I mean, if a kid goes missing, you could just you know approach the police and they could just you know check the surveillance footage and say. Okay, your kid is somewhere here. Right. But right now, I mean, when you look at China, you can see there's a huge this surveillance is used to on this to just pretty much create a dystopian world. And they even mm-hmm. gamify this. How so? There's actually a system currently in place and they're looking to make this almost universal towards 2020. So, basically, every citizen's data is monitored and it's gamified there's a score generator and this score is dependent on okay 
you buy goods produced in China? Do you give money to local businesses? Are you following the law like to the letter? Like what are you posting on social media? Are you posting anything negative on social media to the government? All that stuff is taken into account and a score is calculated and based on this score it can right actually yes exactly you you remember this now yeah so it's like based on this score it can determine whether you can fly abroad whether you can get loans whether you can even get a seat on the bus yes 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 I actually remember this story exactly see that's the scary thing like you know when you take see that's an approach to surveillance in the 21st century it's not just simply the cameras you know with facial recognition tracking you when you're on the street. Mm-hmm. It's also your social media data, a bit of data on your phone and everything digital about you. Yeah, I mean, then again, we <laughs> forget surveillance for a second. It's not like we take our security here serious either. Not the security, but privacy also. Yeah, exactly. Security, privacy, all these aspects. We don't even take, we don't take these seriously yeah. enough. So that's why I mean there have been some arguments I've been to the conference we were conferences we've attended. Some have argued that look, this privacy is dead anyways. We all know that society as a whole isn't going to care about this. So we might as well figure out how to use this data beneficially. So for example, let's say you go to a hotel, mm-hmm. rather than you know them asking you to re-enter your data, they just you know look up the data and say, ah, welcome back, sir. Right. You know where this is coming from. This is Mangala's argument, isn't it? Yes, it is. Oh, right, right, right. Not just not just from Mangala, but also a few but others. But yeah, a few well. others share share the same idea yeah. as well. I mean, yeah, obviously one can see why would say they say that you know, for some it's a matter of convenience or privacy. No, but for most it's not that simple. Yeah, I mean, like when when you take, I mean, like you know, for certain like how these activists in China are being you know targeted and arrested and arrested. Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah, you can see, you know, why this privacy is important, like why you need exactly. to give this space. Exactly. But then again, of course, I mean, that argument also is valid to an extent, I would say, because for privacy and security to become, you know, encoded into the very fabric of our digital world, it requires society as a whole to actually take it seriously. And I think you've seen it firsthand, where people just don't care about those things. They would value convenience over privacy. And that's actually a common trait everywhere in the world, not just not just in our parts. Exactly. I don't know, like how okay, how I if I ask you this, how how would you maintain that balance? Like convenience, privacy, security. See to me that that's see to me that's been like I would say the ultimate UX problem. The ultimate user experience problem because that's when, one way to think of it yeah I mean think, think about it I mean this, let, let's just take a look at passwords wonder if Hasanga is listening now Hasanga that's a good Hasanga if you are listening then that's a great UX prob, problem to tackle <laughs> but let's just take passwords I mean now passwords of course we say put a long <laughs> password God. with capital letters and then symbols and everything there you know I still see people you know having sticky notes on their um, laptop screens or you know, desktop screens yeah but I mean password. like think about it why do they do that yes they don't bother to remember but can, look just think about that I mean how like you take that ideal password I mean those generated by things like password managers like LastPass and all yeah 
I don't think I can remember that at all. Now, if you were just to, you know, try forget those such pasts where managers existed for a minute. Okay. How would you remember, like, you know, that pass, such passwords? Oh, hmm. It's a good question, but I would see. Uh, yeah, yeah. See, to me, I don't think that the, the average human being could remember such passwords. And so that's like, you know, that yes. why we said simple phrases and stuff. So it's like, it's easy. So that's why I would say to ensure security is done right. And then by extension, you know, ensuring privacy and all is there. It's a matter of ensuring can we ens- preserve the experience, make it a positive experience to have security and privacy there. And that's been a challenge because historically, ever since, you know, we started computing, Strong security has been the polar opposite of a strong experience. Now that you mentioned about the whole experience part, did you know? Did you know that even uh, companies like Walmart, uh, they've actually released, they, they've actually, you know, what do you call it, filed for a patent, which would allow, which would effectively allow them to listen to their cashiers' conversations. That is creepy. That is very creepy. So. That is creepy on another level. Creepy on an extreme level. Like that's like dystopian creepy. Like welcome <laughs> yeah. to the nation of Walmart. Welcome where the year is 1984. And and so this is what the company is claiming. Uh, Walmart is actually claiming that the reason they are doing this is to better analyze employee performance. And it also notes that you know, companies like Walmart they file for patents all the time. It doesn't necessarily mean that. Of these things will be implemented the whole PR stuff yeah. but so yeah interestingly that part of the problem is also you know we are seeing that, that that sort of thing is also coming up especially with all these companies not just the governments even, com- even at a company level people are implementing these sort of systems whether it's for you know, all the data gathering or you know, to actually analyze you know performance and offer a better experience like you said, it always compromises things on the other side. I don't know. Really. Is there any way we can draw the line here? Dude, like I don't know how Walmart is thinking, you know, monitoring everything the cashiers say. Yeah, I don't know if they actually do it, but even if, it like, means that if they do it, it's creepy on another level. I mean, like, I don't see how listening to everything a person says is going to measure their performance unless, you know, you're trying to create a dystopian government like a prototype. Hmm. But Walmart if, government. Welcome to the nation of Walmart. Clean up on all five. I want to bring in one more point here. But there are rare instances where it actually upgrades your experience with better surveillance. One example I could give you is uh, this is one airport in India. Let me see if I can get this name right. I believe it's pronounced Amritsar. M-R-I-T-S-A-R So anyways, so this particular airport is actually introducing a surveillance system. Now, with this surveillance system, what what essentially is happening is that it would help the authorities maintain better air traffic control. In a sense, what that means is for the passengers, it would mean shorter waiting times. No, that's similar to what they do in London, those cameras. They are also used to control traffic. Exactly. 
so in, so basically what London does is they monitor the traffic with their cameras all the time right and at any point if they detect you know a traffic jam is about to happen they would try to proactively mitigate it or ensure it doesn't happen right not saying that you know they have a hundred percent success rate to that but yeah. that's what they do so yeah I agree I mean obviously these cameras and the surveillance technology there are positive uses and that's a good thing but we also have to remember that this is a double-edged sword if you are not you know properly well versed with ensuring that you know that we have strong legal protections here mm-hmm. with this technology it can bite us in the ass and it will just destroy us it will just create 1984 and at the end of the day you know what i agree with you we should be taking this a lot more seriously but those experiences they're too good to be true they're like a drug and people will just willingly give away their data like they'll happily tell wherever they are at any given time of the day yeah and that's why i actually <laughs> talking about that it's funny i mean even with all this even during the days of you know all this cambridge analytica drama even when people know exactly what happened there and how these companies got this data even during this day these days i saw tons of people even on my news feed sharing all these random quizzes all these random stuff you know yeah i just reiterating the fact that i want for that all those people that do that yeah me too yeah <laughs> you do right and you keep and you still keep seeing them really like really yeah because some people take the trouble to tag other people share with us all, all this random stupid stuff on me you have my sympathies my friend yeah so yes you're right people will actually happily give give their data i mean it may not be in the form you know they're filling a form you know saying this is me this is what i'm doing ironically it, that's how cambridge analytica first got access to everybody's profile through yeah, a quiz exactly so i mean come on I didn't expect people to be that stupid. Even after all of this, I saw some of the, you know, these huge techies doing the same thing. So yeah. Anyway, so that's pretty much it what we have for this week. Um, if you guys have any more thoughts to add on this subject, obviously there's a lot more we can discuss on this topic. Yeah, we um, can go on for this for a real long time, and we would love to hear your thoughts. Like, what do you guys think? about surveillance technology today like is it a good thing or do you think we're just heading towards 1984 yeah and our apologies in advance if you hear a bit of background noise uh, we are still trying to perfect that uh, so our apologies for that so thank you guys so much for listening in this week we'll talk to you guys in the next one see you next time <laughs>